Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy Hour with Ryan. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, wow, and let's get right into it. Uh, Super Bowl 55 definitely was not a repeat regular season uh, matchup that already happened between Tampa Bay and Kansas City. And uh, I believe Tony Romo, who is now a uh, analyst for CBS and commentator, and he called it, and I was even thinking back to the beginning of the year, which I've attested to many times on the podcast. I thought Tampa Bay had a really good shot at making the Super Bowl and hosting it since uh, they had acquired Tom Brady in the offseason. So let's take a look uh, back at the Super Bowl and look at some highlights here. Wow. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 26 of 49, 270 yards, no touchdowns. That defense suffocated him to the umpteenth degree. Um, he threw two picks. Um, he said he hadn't been beat that bad probably since he was quarterback in at Texas Tech um, years ago. But I'm telling you, uh, just looking through like – the rushing yards and receiving yards. I mean, Travis Kelsey had the most receiving yards, 133 yards, but no one had a touchdown. All their points, the nine points they were able to muster was off all field goals. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had only uh, nine carries for 64 yards. That was just a defensive game played by Tampa Bay. And, you know, they say Tom Brady goes in at 5 a.m. And, you know, he's one of those first people, first ones there, last ones to leave, and it shows. And he's got that uh, Michael Jordan mentality. And uh, it shows. It shows. And, uh, I mean, just looking at his numbers, I mean, they weren't necessarily spectacular, but enough to get them a win. 21 of 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. Um craziness um and, and i mean looking back to how this all kind of unfolded you know um i believe it was the um divisional game last year when he was in new england and um they were playing tennessee titans and you could just see that game starting to just get out of hand a little bit. Um, I mean, Tennessee was on a roll. They got real hot there toward the end. And it just seemed like Brady wasn't himself. And, of course, later there's reports. Um, he and Bill Belichick, who they've been in a partnership uh, for, you know, close to 20 years, and it was just starting to fizzle. So he – Seems like he just shoves uh, Brady out the back door, kicks him out. So Tom, Tom Brady said, you know, I'm going to prove to you I can go somewhere else, another conference, and win a championship without you. And that's exactly what he did. Because next, he goes as a free agent. You know, offseason comes out of nowhere. You know, he's probably thinking, you know, where can I go and make, you know, an impact turn this team around, turn their, you know, Tampa Bay season around. 
And he goes to a place where they had the worst winning percentage, not just in the NFL of all time, but of all sports. We're talking about MLB, NHL, NBA. Um, I mean, you name it. Tampa Bay was horrible. You know, they were able to get a championship in the 2002 season, had John Gruden. Uh, you know, they had Warren Sapp. They had a great defense. <clears throat> But you're just thinking Tampa Bay, and then they're going to be in division with Drew Brees, which I was super excited. I knew those games were going to be really good. They lost two in the regular season to New Orleans, in New Orleans and in Tampa Bay. But, you know, it's hard to beat somebody a third time. And Tampa Bay, you know, <clears throat> they're, what, 11-5, and five, a fifth seed. And they just go, they go to Washington on the road win – they go New Orleans on the road. Drew Brees just has a – he just collapses in the second half, beats New Orleans. Then they're already in the championship the next, the last week, before, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl, and he takes out Aaron Rodgers. They take out Aaron Rodgers, uh, another great quarterback. Two quarterbacks that are a lot younger than him. You know, Rodgers is like 37. I think Brees is 41. Tom Brady, 43 years old. Still got it. And here they are. Uh, first team in history to host a Super Bowl and and win it in their own stadium. Never been done before, of course. And I'm thinking, you know, it's written for Tom Brady. You know, he's that, that poster child or that poster boy, if you will. And they get it done. They get it done. So <clears throat> they got really hot uh, toward the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're your Super Bowl 55 champions. Um, crazy, crazy. Um, overall, I think Super Bowl was okay. Um, the commercials just weren't that good. And maybe, um, uh, and I'm going to actually get into why, but, uh, you know, with everything going on with, with the coronavirus and the pandemic. But uh, this was the first year in 50-something years that Budweiser didn't do a commercial with the Clydesdale horses. And people were following suit. Uh, Pepsi. Uh, amongst other companies of, uh, you know, putting that much revenue because, as you know, it's expensive to have a Super Bowl commercial. So, um, yeah, so a little disappointed with that, of course, under circumstances. Um, but one of the funniest ones was Cardi B joining Wayne's World, you know, cast uh, the two guys and uh, and doing, you know, that commercial. That was pretty funny. Um, not a whole lot of movie commercials. Hope we was going to see Space Jam. I, I missed apparently the new um, Cap, or Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, for Disney Plus commercial, which is coming out uh, March 19th, mind you. And uh, somehow missed that trailer, but it is now available on YouTube. Uh, so you can definitely see that. And then on to the halftime show with The Weeknd. Um, I think he did pretty okay, pretty good. Um, just with everything going on, um, the graphics, um, you know, the setup and everything was really cool. Um, but you know, usually they bring out a surprise guest, somebody old school, uh, hadn't been around maybe in a while. Of course that didn't happen, you know, with the virus and everything. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm pretty sure he possibly could have opted out not to do it, but you know, it shows, uh, what kind of good person he is to go ahead and go through with that, you know, because um, that's supposed to be a big performance. 
Um, and, and that's 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 a huge deal, you know, when you do the Super Bowl. Um, so that's like a dream come true, probably for him to do that. So before we get to our guests, uh, we'll kind of wrap up with some Marvel news. So if you haven't seen One Division episode five, please do so. Um, hopefully, you most of you have seen it. But uh, Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men um, movies, uh, the last couple, um, he shows up at the very end of the show. And I, I kind of knew it was him when she opened the door. And, uh, you know, she sees her brother. And then Kat Dennings plays Darcy on the, um, on the show, which also she was on the Thor movies. She's like, wow, they they recast uh, Petro. And, uh, oh, that's crazy. So I see how that's going to turn out. We're kind of halfway through. They're going to start probably trying to pick it up. Uh, we've got about four more episodes left. So we're kind of getting to, hopefully by episode nine, they'll obviously tie in uh, to the Doctor Strange 2. And maybe even, because the speculation is supposed to cross over into the Spider-Man Homeworlds which is actually coming out in December. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I, I And again, I love the slow burn, how they've been, you know, doing the series. Um, like I said, it's, it's starting to pick up a little ground. But um, it's still interesting how, it, you know, if, if Wanda, if she's dreaming this up and she got this all done on her own or somebody's controlling it um it's just going to be cool um but it was a twist definitely quicksilver coming out uh you know showing up at the doorstep last week and, and i don't know um is that really quicksilver is that the villain um is you know is mephisto supposedly going to be the villain or nightmare um playing tricks on wanda you know it's going to be really cool to see here in the next few weeks um, Holly Steinfeld is actually playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series, which is actually debuting later this year. Um, Marvel's got a complete lineup. Um, I'm super excited. So after WandaVision wraps up, then you have Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's going to be a miniseries, six episodes, going to be 45 minutes to an hour long. Then you got um, Black Widow coming out in May. Then uh, the Loki series is going to debut, and that's going to be really cool. I heard there's going to be some type of crossover with that. Then in the summer, you got uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's July. The What If series on Disney Plus. Got a little interruption there. I got a call in. But as I was stating, um, you got What If. Uh, the summer series, which is going to be kind of how, you know, it's going to be different scenarios like um, what if Agent Sharon Carter uh, was actually uh, Captain Britain, you know, instead of uh, Chris Evans uh, playing Captain America, you know, what if uh, Black Panther was Thor? It's going to explore different realities and possibilities of that. And then we've got coming up in the fall, we've got the Eternals coming out in November, which be really cool. Of course, can't forget in October, which got delayed to that month. 
from what was going to be early spring. But uh, Morbius, uh, played by Jared Leto, who's uh, going to get vampire abilities. And then definitely going to wrap up with uh, Spider-Man um, 3, Home Worlds, which it's just going to be complete chaos. So it's going to be really cool to see um, how all this plays out. Um, I'm super excited. Going to have my t-shirts ready. So we're real hyped about that. So let's get to our guest for this week. Uh, a good friend of mine and uh, fraternity brother that I've known since 2006. Uh, talking about Aaron Jones. Um, and it's also Black History Month, so I want to profile uh, him on the show. Uh, great guy. Um, I mean, he's getting real buff working out. Uh, got a real, um, he's real focused, driven. Uh, just regiment just of how he does things in his life and you know when we did this podcast and and thinking back to what we were talking about you know he's looking at for the future for his baby girl and um, trying to get everything lined out and, and you know that way she's set up um, you know uh, in several years down the road because uh, it's something that we all should try to do you know if we have kids is you know you know kids and grandkids possibly you know is to uh, have that nest egg you, you know grind and hustle and work um, you know so they can have a better life you know uh, than we've had so uh, definitely without further ado uh, we got Aaron Jones up next on Happy Hour with Ryan. back with Aaron what's going on man what's up man it's been a while it's, it's been a minute it's been a minute so what you been up to uh, I know you've been getting cut and <laughs> since like the last since I can remember the last 10 years uh, what, what was the change uh, behind the fitness I guess the lifestyle and, and whatnot or man I just I knew that like at my heaviest I was 315 pounds and I knew mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. if I didn't make the change now then I was never gonna make the change mm-hmm and so from there I just started looking up uh, how to become healthy you know yeah. just from uh -huh. eating foods yeah from eating foods to working out to not eating candy you know gotcha. cutting out sugar sodas yeah all that which you get that urge you know I guess if you drink soda and you want to want something sweet you know it's just like a <laughs> constant there um 
So let's see. So you went down from 315. So you started working out. Did, yeah, I started you, working out. Pretty much went to the gym every day. Started off on a treadmill, just mm -hmm. 30 minutes walking, walking, mm -hmm. turned into jogging, jogging, turned into running. And running yeah. turned into me running seven miles five days a week. And I did that for about seven, seven, miles seven months, seven, eight. Okay. Seven, eight months. And you saw you and you saw the uh, the changes and everything with your oh, body. Yeah. I went from in about six, seven months. I went from three hundred fifteen pounds down to my lowest was like two hundred and two pounds. And what are you at now? And right now, so since I've been incorporating a lot of muscular training, mm -hmm. I weighed myself today and I'm two eighty one. But it's muscle as opposed to you know being two hundred eighty one yeah. pounds of fat. Just fat. Okay. 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 Did you uh, did you take any classes at in college, uh, at Euler, or any fitness classes or no? Um, I mean, fitness or getting healthy was something that I always wanted to do. I mean, mm -hmm. as a kid, I was mm -hmm. overweight, and I was aware that I was overweight, and I was mm -hmm. also aware that there were kids who were in good shape. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't necessarily know how they got in that type of shape, but I knew mm -hmm. that I yeah. wanted to be like that. Okay, but it was really hard mm -hmm. when I'm working out, mm -hmm. but then I come back to a home where my parents are feeding me corn dogs and hot dogs and mm. you know yeah. spaghetti and nothing that will aid me in losing weight mm -hmm. so as a kid I was just I accepted the, that fact and I knew that mm -hmm. okay once I got to the point where I can support myself I got out of my parents house I knew that the responsibility would then be on me if I truly mm -hmm. wanted that lifestyle change or not gotcha. and like I said you know I just had a point where I was like 19 or 20 years old and I realized that if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it and That's so true. essentially once I started, like one day I went to the gym and pretty much never left. You mm -hmm. know, again, it's 10 years later, it's still a major part of my routine. That's awesome. You know, going to the gym for me, it's, you know, not only just healthy, but it's therapeutic. Like mm -hmm. I, it's, I guess the equivalent of, you know, taking like a anti-anxiety, you know, yeah. medication. Mm -hmm. That's what the gym does for me. Levels me out, balances me. Yeah. Keeps me in check. There you focus. go. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what, what, what's your lifestyle as far as eating? Uh, do you do you do like? Because I've heard, like, do you do like mini snacks throughout the day, or man, honestly, you it do just, a balance. It really plus the three meals, or it changes day by day. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be a day where I eat two meals, and there might be a day where I eat six meals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm just extremely busy. Like, I don't mm -hmm. always have time to sit down and yeah. and cook. Mm -hmm. Now, what I do want to, or mm -hmm. what I've done before, what mm -hmm. I need to continue doing is, like, mm -hmm. meal prepping. Mm -hmm. Meal prepping will save me, you know, will keep me from not eating. Mm -hmm. But because gotcha. it's time-consuming, and then sometimes yeah. I just get lazy and just kind of mm -hmm. fall off. Um, I eat on average, you know, it changes day to day, but on average, roughly three times a day. Okay. And if I do snack, I usually, I'm a pretty healthy eater, so right. if I snack, like my snack is grapes or apples, or mm -hmm. it might be some peanut butter or almond butter, or, you know, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I don't eat candy, not drinking soda. There you go. Nothing like that. But, you know, I try to eat a salad a day. Mm -hmm. Again, try to eat organic. I don't eat meat. I haven't had meat in going on 10 years, 9, 10 years. Wow. So, yeah, I'm a That's vegan. Awesome. I was just about to say, yeah, I saw you were a vegan. Uh, was it a, was it a, e well, I don't, I don't guess it's ever an easy transition. Um, how did you find it transitioning from being used to eating, I guess, meat or protein to uh, uh, being a vegan? Honestly, it wasn't 
that bad or it wasn't as bad as I thought that it was going to be. And the only reason why I even went that way was I got a random email from PETA asking me to take a 30-day meat-free challenge. Uh And before that, I never, like I'd heard about vegetarianism and, Mm -hmm. you know, veganism and how people don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I always thought it was cool and was kind of curious about it, but I never... You know, before getting that email, I was never going to take any sort of concrete mm-hmm. steps to become that. Mm-hmm. But they said, you know, 30-day meat-free challenge, see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm competitive. I like a challenge. I'm right. not sure why not. So mm-hmm. I did. And essentially, I continued to eat the same thing. But mm-hmm. where I would eat meat, I would just take the meat out. And, okay. Started you know, slow about that. Yeah, so started that. slow. So, I mean, yeah. I was still eating eggs, still eating cheese and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And did that for a month. And I was like, okay, that really wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a month turned into six months. Six mm-hmm. months turned into mm-hmm. roughly two years as a vegetarian. And uh-huh. then just because there's another level to it, I, 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 wanna, I like going as far as I can mm-hmm. in any given thing in life. And gotcha. so veganism would be the next one. Okay. And even that, you know, I guess the hardest part was giving up cheese. Just yeah. It's really yeah. good. And right. there's a lot of vegan alternatives for a lot of items out there. But mm-hmm. there's not a quality vegan substitute for cheese. Mm-hmm. And mm. really, just giving up cheese pizza, that was the hardest thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I love pizza. You know, right. I love pizza. Right. And again, yeah. I didn't. I didn't stop eating meat because, you know, I thought it tasted bad. I didn't stop eating cheese because I thought it tasted bad. Mm-hmm. I, I stopped eating those things because I just wanted a different lifestyle. I wanted yeah. to focus more so on my health. Yeah. You know? I think President Clinton, he's, he cut out dairy out of his uh, his meals, and he lost, I forgot how much they said, how many pounds he mm-hmm. lost. And, and, I, and you can see it now. If you, if, you know, if you've seen him now, like, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's oh, he, he he's definitely lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, uh, and and you're into yoga, right? Yeah, I, I'm actually certified yoga teacher. I've taught yoga. Awesome. I taught yoga at Euler for mm-hmm. six months, almost a year. Okay, okay. And you have your bachelor's in? I I'm my bachelor's in political science. I have a okay. double uh, BA in political science and criminal justice. Okay. Then I have a minor in. Uh, international studies and legal studies. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, what is it? Uh, how did you get to be a yoga teacher? You just they they needed one, and you know, they have an ad out. Uh, Man, so, how did that come about? I mean, I first got into yoga back in 2010, which you know, just on my health, weight loss, fitness journey, mm-hmm. I came across P90X. My mom bought me like the P90X complete CD set. Nice for Christmas one year. Uh huh. And I did some of the videos, and they had one video called Yoga X. Okay. And that mm-hmm. was really like my first introduction into yoga. Mm-hmm. Now, if anyone knows about P90X, it's not easy by no stretch of I, the imagination. I tried it for a day or two, and it, it's, it's strenuous. I mean, and, it's something else. And yeah. the yoga is no different. You know, mm-hmm. yoga, there's two different types of yoga. There's, you know, the slow flow yoga, and then there's mm-hmm. power yoga. And, you mm-hmm. know, Yoga X from P90X is definitely a power yoga. So that was my first mm-hmm. introduction into yoga. So mm-hmm. I skipped the beginner's lessons and went right <laughs> into power yoga. And that it hurt me and it helped me. It, it helped me by, you know, mm-hmm. me being my size. Like it made me really flexible. Mm-hmm. It made me do moves and get into moves that a lot of people half my size couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And it just made me more agile. Gotcha. But it also made me like appreciate its abilities mm-hmm. and like what it what it can do for you, you know, physically, mentally and whatnot. 
pretty cool. Yeah, because I know they've got uh, or the former wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's got DDP yeah. yoga. Yeah, I've seen that, <clears throat> which is pretty cool. I, I think I've I've never tried it, which I definitely want to try one day. Um, how, how many students are in your classes, or, or were in your classes? Uh, so in teaching? my classes at Euler, just forget the Euler. Anyone who's been to UALR and has mm-hmm. been to the fitness center, it's crap. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. poorly. It's crap. It's poorly managed. Mm-hmm. It's dirty and mm-hmm. dirty in the sense that the same dirt that I saw my freshman year in 2006 in the locker room is still there to this very day. Like no one's ever just cleaned no, anything. No one's taking initiative no one's, to do it. Nothing wow. at all, which is just crazy to me yeah yeah and because of that it makes people not want to come to the fitness center Mm -hmm. it makes people not want to go into the locker room because there's just grime and there's gump everywhere so yeah because of that you know there wasn't a whole lot of participation in the classes that we offered and we offered yoga we'd offer you know all types of classes you know Mm -hmm. for old people for young people for students for professors but people didn't take that opportunity because i think one thing was just the condition of the facility was just to you know turn people away like did they ever talk about maybe improving the facilities there man i don't know but when i say i'm i literally seen dirt stains in 2006 Uh and we can go there right now and those same (laughs) dirt stains are there like the same handprint is there that's i mean i don't know that's insane to me and that's kind of unacceptable i mean no very much so (laughs) yeah when everybody pays that activity (laughs) fee but you know we can all benefit from it yeah I mean that's oh that's 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 unreal. I did not know that. It's it's interesting. And, and so yeah, my classes only really had like three to four people. Like all the classes there, only really had you know three to four people. Every now and then we'll get a class of like ten or twelve people mm-hmm. towards um, like finals and exams and whatnot because people want to like relax and calm down, right, right, and whatnot. Uh huh. But yeah, classes were never as big as they could have been or as big as they should have been. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And so are you still doing that now at Euler or No, no. You, okay. I, I stopped that. Okay, okay. Um and what are you doing now as far as with the yoga? Are you still doing right classes now, at a studio I'm not, or I'm not teaching yoga anymore because I've been focused mainly like on bodybuilding. Okay. And I guess I'm lazy, but I I don't believe that <laughs> bodybuilding and yoga they do go hand in hand, but yeah. at this point I would much rather lift heavy weights than you know practice on my breathing which so, so you would yeah definitely definitely the bodybuilding mm-hmm. um have you always been into bodybuilding or what kind of brought you into bodybuilding not really so <clears throat> i went home one year back in like 2015 mm-hmm. and i guess my brother got into bodybuilding because like when yeah. i saw him <laughs> he was like jacked and, yeah yeah huge, and yeah. i don't know he never mentioned to me that he was working out and he was getting bigger uh-huh. and so i guess i felt some type of way because i'm like i'm the older brother here mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be you know the big guy i'm supposed to be strong and set an example here my little baby. brother is just <laughs> just massive and yeah. again yeah it just made me feel some type of way so you know we started yeah. talking about weightlifting mm-hmm. and training and whatnot and i went home that i went home and pretty much started training to get big mm-hmm. training to get strong and he was really the one that made me like i always thought it was cool but he's the one that he inadvertently pushed me you know to -hmm. get bigger to get stronger towards bodybuilding gotcha you know okay 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 what uh i guess where do you start with bodybuilding do you start with like uh a lower amount of weight uh is a certain amount of um different weight lifting you do like exercises or yeah so the name of the game is like progressive overload Mm -hmm. so over time you want to continuously add weight to the bar okay so if on Mm -hmm. monday you're starting off with 10 pounds that following monday 
hopefully you can increase from 10 pounds to 12 pounds or to maybe 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, ideas like working out each body part at least twice a week. You know, you can train when it comes to bodybuilding, you know, you train for hypertrophy and all that means is like growing the muscle. Yeah. And growing the muscle is not necessarily indicative of strength. There's a lot of bodybuilders, bodybuilders out there who weigh 300 plus pounds and are muscular mm-hmm. and but aren't necessarily they're strong, but they're not as they're not strong in the sense of what's like he looks like he should be lifting 600 pounds, mm-hmm. but he can only lift like 300 pounds. You know, so they mm. look really big, but they can't necessarily move big weight. Right. But in bodybuilding, the goal isn't necessarily to move the biggest weight. It's to have right. the biggest muscles, you know, mm-hmm. that symmetry, proper proportions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really what you focus on in bodybuilding. So mm-hmm. it really is when you work out, you know, ideally you want to do like a full body routine mm-hmm. two times a week, you know, okay. from hitting shoulders to hitting back, legs, you know, abs, right. all that. So you have a, uh, I think I've seen on Facebook. So you do have, you have like a leg day, I guess. Yeah. So I'll couple leg like day. I'll couple leg day. I might do like shoulders and legs, or mm-hmm. you know, shoulder or legs and buys, and then you know, back and chest, and then mm-hmm. might throw some tricep work in there because you're working chest. Okay. Do you have like a favorite uh, weightlifting exercise you like to do, or man, <clears throat> favorite day, leg day, arm day? Every or? day is. <laughs> Every day is fun, yeah. but the one thing that I like to do, even though I hate to do it, it's uh, mm-hmm. the, the row machine. The row machine is that one exercise that I love to hate because, one, it sucks while you're doing it. It's not yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. And anyone who says it is, they're lying to you. But <laughs> the results that you get from it, you know, uh-huh. you, they, they're undeniable. They feel yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And so, yeah, the row machine, I like squatting, deadlifting. Mm-hmm. I like back day. Yeah. I, re- I remember doing like straight leg deadlift. Uh, this is like during off season or or even before basketball. We do straight leg deadlift, uh, power clean, hang clean. Yeah, those are fun too. Ooh, like the Olympic yeah. movements, those are really fun. <laughs> yeah, and then like, of course squats and your bench press and everything. So that's really neat. Um, man, so what else is going on with you? <laughs> man became a father. Became a father. How, how's yeah. that? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Fatherhood is cool. You know, fatherhood yeah. makes you become less selfish and Mm -hmm. you truly realize that Mm -hmm. at this point in your life now if you do have a child that it's not about you at all Mm -hmm. the things that you wanted you don't have to necessarily say goodbye but you now have to you know change the equation that you were working with and you have to add someone else into it Uh and so back then I could go to the gym for like three or four hours at a time and just kind of hang out there but now I can't now when Mm -hmm. I go to the gym I'm there. I, I don't play around. I'm there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it in. I'm gonna go there, get it in, and then get out because you know mm-hmm. I gotta. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta deal with her. We're not deal with her. I gotta take care of. You her. gotta take care of her. Yeah, because I've heard from a lot of people you change. Oh yeah. Like in the world, and you look at the world from a different perspective. Oh yeah. Like, how is it for you, or what's your take on that? Um, yeah. Before I mean, and then and during, I guess. So I feel like you know she's definitely made me a softer person, mm-hmm. or she's made me a much more a person who is much more in in connection, like with their emotion, their emotional mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm also. I become a little more hardened because I know mm-hmm. how the real world is. I know how yeah. people can be cruel and, you know, mm-hmm. just hearing things that 
are done to kids on a day-to-day basis you know that's also i worry about that Mm -hmm. too and so Mm -hmm. you know just constantly making sure she's okay you know yeah and even in taking her to daycare you know it's Mm -hmm. really hard to leave her (laughs) with strangers Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean i feel like i'm more thoughtful now i'm more emotional Mm -hmm. so so it's weird like uh, and, and 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 during like I'll be doing these podcasts, something will come up, somebody mentioned some whoever I have on, and kind of trigger something. Speaking of strangers, so I don't know if you saw the the clip on uh, it was on the news. This was a few couple months ago, I believe. It was I think in Brian or Benton, and you saw the lady. She was literally like shaking kid like. I don't know if you See, heard about that. <laughs> I've, I've not heard about that one, but I mean, I've heard about that happening. Yeah. It, and just to be honest with you, <laughs> I'm not that parent. Like, if my child is at daycare, mm-hmm. don't call me because something happened to my kid. Yeah. Because then not only does my daughter have a problem and mm-hmm. I have a problem, but mm-hmm. you're going to have a problem mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to, you know, curse in front of my daughter. But right, right. I'm not the fucking one. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not that yeah. person, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna take it lightly. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be Mr. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be, you know. Hey, it's gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. That's just not me. That's when just it comes not to my daughter. But, but I just, cause I've worked at daycares, and that's just not some. I mean, and, and supposedly this was his girl's birthday. She just, just. But but this is no place to show anger, especially these harmless little children. And, I mean, and who want to do that? And like, that's what makes me so angry is Mm -hmm. that you know Mm -hmm. not only are you an adult but you're taking out whatever it is that you're feeling you're taking that out on someone who literally depends on you for their survival exactly like yeah you're hurting this person and Mm -hmm. all they want from you is to be taken care of yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know you're yelling at them or you're shaking them or you're doing it that's what really makes me angry and Mm -hmm. I, i don't i don't understand how any parent could go through that and not want to kill the person that did it to the child yeah like yeah. i feel like in that circumstance wanting to kill that person is a very reasonable yeah. you know uh-huh. thought uh-huh. and i just i just don't see how i can't imagine now how the process is is to into finding a daycare like i used thinking oh it shouldn't be that hard but now after seeing that i mean it's kind of like a lot of consideration like where do i want to take my child where i know he or she's gonna be safe you know man you know it i guess it kind of sucks because when it comes to daycare you have some daycares that charge you fifty dollars a week yeah you have some daycares that charge you three hundred dollars a week right Mm -hmm. and what i've noticed and just you know looking at daycares and visiting them is that you get what you pay for not to say yep. that if you do, t- I mean, but even even still, if you take your child to a fifty dollar a week daycare, That's you true. should you have the reasonable expectation that they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be taken care of. They might not teach them. Ab- they yeah. might not teach them ABCs or one two threes, but they their well being, their physical and emotional well being will mm-hmm. be taken care of. Yeah, it, it shouldn't matter how much they can pay. They they should want to throw all they're all in into it. It's just like teachers, for the most part. I mean, stuff happens in schools as well. But we know teachers don't get paid that much. They don't. You know? <laughs> I mean, and they risk their lives, you know, I won't say lives, but like, you know, they put all they, you know, have into teaching someone else's child mm-hmm. or children for that matter. 
you know, it, it, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it does suck because you know, just going back to pay, I used to work with uh, older adults who had traumatic brain injury, and okay. that was like a second job that I kind of picked up for about four months to get some mm-hmm. stuff taken care of. Mm-hmm. For four months straight, you know, I was working eighty hours a week. That job mm. was like eleven to seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. And the people who are working there, who I realize, a lot of people who work with our children. Yeah. Or if you're not a certified teacher, mm-hmm. and if you're working with children, whether that be daycare, whether that be, you know, kids who have developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. And again, and it's not in a school setting where a certification is required. A lot of these people don't have any sort of like real educational level. Like a lot of people that I was working at, you know, it was mm-hmm. funny because when I was in middle school, I got made fun of the way I talked. They said I talked white. But now mm. here I am. I'm 30 years old. And they're still saying, oh, you talk so proper. I'm like, no, I'm just speaking how, that's how speaking. I'm supposed to be. Yeah. How I'm supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. And there's a, that's a, coming from like a 50-year-old woman telling me that. I'm like, what, lady, you're 50 years old. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what Isn't this how about? we should yeah. all speak like this? Right, right, right. And so it's just it's weird. It's always weird hearing that. But coming from like an older lady and then working in that environment and realizing that mm-hmm. a lot of these people... One, they live in poverty. They live check to check. They have no form. Some of them are high school dropouts. Some of them, mm. none of them have college. You know, so the pool of people who usually work those eight, nine, ten dollar an hour type jobs, mm. like for the rest of their life, they yeah. tend to be the people who are on, in terms of like the socioeconomic ladder, they're on the bottom rung of that ladder. Mm-hmm. And so when you have people like that who, you know, not to say that they're any type of way, but mm-hmm. <laughs> those jobs are stressful. Working yeah. 40 hours a week. And, you're only and again, you only much. get paid like minimum wage. I'm not yeah. justifying anybody's actions towards anybody's, yeah. you know, family uh-huh. member. But yeah. there has to be a focus of pay and just in some sort of like incentive to like want to take that job and, you know, treat it with honor and respect and dignity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a very good point. I, I just don't understand why they don't want to put all. The, and it's because it, I've. I mean, I worked at one daycare, um, and then I, I've applied it. I, I had applied at others, and it's almost like it's even hard for me. Even though as much as a little experience I had, because I worked at YMCA, and, you know, I've, I've worked at one or two daycares. Um, it's still hard to put that trust in a guy or a man. Yeah, you, you know, because you mostly see most of the time at daycares, it's mostly women. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. There's no man there. Exactly, but but then again, and this I'm making a point, and then but you see this this lady on TV, who's in her tw- mid twenties, late twenties, treating these kids like any kind of way. You know, she, she you know she, she she's grabbing their arms and she's shaking them, and I'm just like, but this is the people you hire. But yet, yeah. I, I I don't have a blemish on my record as far as you know, not doing anything to hurt a child or being you know mistreating them or whatever. That's part I don't get. But <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, it it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of switching gears here, man. So I guess, uh, well, and I kind of touched this in the in the intro. Um, I know you saw the the the, the young man, African American man, who was shot mm-hmm. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I, I said it several times. Like I, I still don't understand how you just walk. Like like you don't know whose apartment you're in. You walk into somebody else's. Like how do you do that? And that first thing I was thinking is like, was she on drugs or, or was? Mm-hmm. And now they're 
now they're searching his apartment. Marijuana was brought up. Like they're not even checking her apartment. I, I you know. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, like at this point, I have become, and this is really sad to say, but mm -hmm. I've become numb to the fact that mm -hmm. this innocent black man was shot and killed by a white police officer mm -hmm. for literally doing nothing. He was yeah. doing everything right. He was in his apartment chilling. Chilling. And he still <laughs> got killed. And that's not the first time this is the first time that you know someone's like walked into someone's apartment doing that right it's, happened it's not the first yeah. time that like mm -hmm. you know a completely mm -hmm. innocent black man was yeah has been shot oh, by yeah. the police yeah and so like i don't know at this point it's like i have a lot to say but it's like <laughs> what we have to say obviously doesn't matter it doesn't matter it anymore it yeah. continues yeah. to happen but what they're doing as far as saying they found drugs in his house they didn't find drugs in his house right they found marijuana mm -hmm. you know they found mm -hmm. a, a plant in his mm -hmm. house mm -hmm. but even bringing that up after the fact yeah what does that have like, to even do what does that have to do with him <clears throat> being in his apartment and his own dwelling <coughs> in his own domain <clears throat> what does that have to do with her shooting him yeah and they said that she was working a 15-hour shift. Cool. You worked a 15-hour shift. Now, again, when I mentioned earlier about me having that second job, mm -hmm. during that time, I would literally work Tuesday through Sunday morning, 2 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday to 7 p.m. on Sunday. Mm -hmm. 80 hours a week. I did that for four months. In that four-month period, not I never got pulled over for driving for swerving because I was go. tired yep. I never you know pulled into the wrong driveway mm -hmm. and once I was in my house I never like you know and opened my closet door thinking it was my bedroom door mm -hmm. you know so I don't believe and millions upon millions of people work mm -hmm. 80 90 100 hours a yeah. day yeah. or not a day but a week yeah and mm -hmm. they don't go into the wrong apartment exactly so that's unheard of, like, I, just, I, I believe. That's just uh, it's yeah. an excuse. Yeah, yeah. That's all. And, and it's it, weird. My, my barber was even saying, you know, he's just like, I guarantee you, like, I don't want to say because of who's in office, but it's just like, it's almost like, and he specifically said officers are almost doing whatever they want and getting away with it. Like, I hate to phrase it like that, but that's pretty much what he said, like, Stuff is happening. People are getting away with it, no matter what. Administrative leave—that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's happened. That has happened, and it, at times it does seem like that. But there mm -hmm. have been mm -hmm. two officers now this year, mm -hmm. within the past two to three months, mm -hmm. who have been convicted of murder for killing, you know, a yeah. black teen. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because those two convictions happen that we're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Those two convictions were two that needed to be had, and I'm mm -hmm. thankful for them. But in no mm -hmm. way, shape, or form do mm -hmm. they, or should they give any sort of, you know, look into what the future may hold. Those two guys that were convicted, I mean, it was clearly, it was on tape. Mm -hmm. The guy's running away, and you mm -hmm. shoot him in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, that's murder. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that is yeah. murder. Yeah, yeah. But drug testing him and not drug testing her, you know, again, that just goes back to 
victim shaming. T- turn the blind eye. Because mm-hmm. he's black, it just seems like that is okay. You know? Yeah. I don't see why. This guy graduated from Harding. This guy was yeah, working for like from, yeah, a really nice, stuff. like mm-hmm. not a Fortune mm-hmm. 500 company, but a, a, a very well-known mm-hmm. like company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to bring that up. So again, it's like, I, I almost have no, other than just like talking about it, I have no emotion towards it because I know that it's going to happen again. And yeah. I'm going to yeah, get the same yeah. question asked, you yep, know, how do yep, you feel about yep, it? Yep, and it's yep. like, well, one, I'm tired of talking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm, I wish mm-hmm. that we didn't have to have these type of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, my in, 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 in my pre-intro show or whatever, like I kind of bring up, this was the, besides talking about football, that was the first thing I had to, because it's almost like I'm tired too of talking about it. Like I don't want to like keep opening up the show. Like, hey, this is what's going on, but this is what's going on. It's, it's what's going on, you know. And then it's, it's mainstream media, you know. And then not even just you know black people getting shot by the cops indiscriminately, mm-hmm. but it's just like the overuse of force towards people of color in general. Mm-hmm. Like I saw a video of where this. Uh, think this girl she was 10 years old she was tasered by a cop yeah at school Mm. and it was an african-american cop who tasered her (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. he and and that right there goes to show that yeah it's institutional racism is real because even though that was a black cop that tasered this little black girl Mm -hmm. it didn't matter that he was black what mattered was that he was a police officer doing this police officer and so and it's the it's the institutional norms that lie within police organizations Mm -hmm. not just in america but all over Mm -hmm. the world you know yeah and so yeah just the overuse of force to people in overuse of force towards people of color and then the overuse of force towards children and then those children being disproportionately people of color. Yeah. I don't know what would deem someone to tase a 10-year-old child, especially one who had no weapon, and it's a girl. She weighed all of 80, not even 80 pounds. Probably 50, so. 60, yeah. 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you had to taser her? That yeah. goes to show the type of man that you are or the type mm-hmm. of officer that you are Alpha, yeah. to where you have to use strength or you have to use you know, potentially deadly force mm-hmm. to take down a child. Yeah. I just, I mean, we, we, we kind of wonder, and, and most, I guess, people know for the most, some know what kind of training police officers go through. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming, like, and now I would think more of, you know, presenting situations of this, but this stuff keeps coming up. It's like stuff keeps happening around these certain situations. And it's going to continue to happen. Like, I don't know when it's going to stop or even if I believe that it will ever stop, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that what is going on, it's very, very American. You know, (laughs) violence in and of itself is a very American thing. It's as yeah. American as apple pie is, as American as mm-hmm. baseball. Violence, yeah. you know, I don't want to say that violence was born, like, you mm-hmm. know, was born here, but we've 
some of the worst, you know, acts in history, some of the worst atrocities have Has occurred in America. here yeah. in America. Land of the free towards people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we always think because you have it like you know, you have a daughter um and and many people have children. You think that could be my child. Exactly. Like it's 26. Cop walks in, shoots him. Life lost. Yeah. Whole life ahead of them. Gone. Gone. Just in an instant. Gone. Just because of some idiotic, you know, um, <laughs> thing done by a cop, done at that time, costs an innocent person their life. And a lot of people think that, you know, when we say that, oh, this is it's happening to black people and we want to point out you know mm-hmm. black lives matter it's not mm-hmm. we're not saying that mm-hmm. other lives don't matter we want to right. point out that this that is happening to too. us yeah that mm-hmm. our, not only do ours matter mm-hmm. as well but this is happening to us at an alarming rate yeah and you know i do bite squad now and yeah i've been to some of the most exclusive neighborhoods uh-huh. in little rock and maumel you know <laughs> yeah. around here yeah and I'm telling you, when I'm delivering at night and mm. I'm unable to see, like, you know, the numbers on houses and I get out, the one thing that I hate to do is, like, walk around and act like I'm looking for something. Because I like to stand still, be on my phone, have the light on in my car so people can see, okay, yes. he's got a green shirt on. Yeah. It says Bite Squad. He's got yeah. a black bag. It says Bite Squad. Mm-hmm. So they can know that I'm not doing anything because the neighborhoods yeah. that I go to, not only are they very homogenous, but because we do live in Arkansas and Arkansas is a very conservative state exactly then mm-hmm. I can only assume that the people who live in this very homogenous neighborhood you know believe in laws like stand your ground yeah and I'm I don't want to get shot over nobody but that is something that is in the back of my mind when I'm making mm-hmm. deliveries to Kavanaugh to yeah. Chanel to Hillcrest to you know mm-hmm. any other nice part any yeah. other nice town in, in Little Rock yeah. Or in, yeah, just the surrounding areas, and, and it, a lot of people don't understand like that feeling of you know like damn, mm-hmm. I can get shot like I don't want to, but that and that being a very real feeling, you know. But just imagine the parents that have to sit down, and I read this somewhere they have to sit down with their kids and have this talk and have that talk exactly <laughs> like, and it's like how do you even have that kind of talk like, yeah. and then when you have that talk, it's like. Because they're a kid, you, they're not going to understand it on the first go-around. Right. So it's like by default, you have to show them these tragic stories. Mm-hmm. And they have to absorb this information while they're still young and developing. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, you know, I'm 10, 13, 11, 13 years old. I'm a black male. I have to really watch have to look both, how I have, like to, look I have both to look both ways. ways. Yep, I have to, highway, you know, yep. be mm-hmm. sure to, you know, make sure I'm not acting in any sort of way if mm-hmm. I'm around officers make sure i'm not making any jumpy you know yep. sudden movements yep. because keep my hands out of my pockets like exactly. that's stuff that we have to that i do every time i get pulled over i mean I, I do that you know i make sure i grab my wallet grab my insurance so that way i don't have to reach for nothing yeah i had i had uh, one of my colleagues on former colleagues kenyon and he lives in Maumelle. um i think he he was stopped actually in Maumelle. he carry he carries a concealed weapon you know mm-hmm. and he had to tell him like he almost had to play out the scenario like i'm going to reach into said glove box get the you know i mean that's that you have to do that you know? i mean there's been times when my wallet it wasn't in my pocket and it was in my glove box and i'm mm-hmm. like hey mm-hmm. it's in my glove box 
I mean, yeah. I can get it or you can get it. Right, you know? right, right, right. Because exactly. I just, I don't want to get shot. And like, and yeah. I will tell them, like, I don't want to get shot. So, uh-huh. I mean, it's here. I have to reach here. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, that sucks. Like, yeah. it really does suck, again, to have to... To have to truly be aware of every little thing you do, mm-hmm. every little thing you say, and every yeah. little, you know, movement that you make. Because someone might perceive it as threatening. Yeah. Yeah. I, and hopefully pretty soon, and I'm sure you, you're familiar with Tommy Norman, Officer Norman. Yeah. On Facebook. I I, I definitely want to get him on, just, just, to, just to get his perspective, you know, one day of like, how it is for him. You, you know what he has to go through you know they made him he's not allowed to film anymore I saw that uh, so supposedly he can't film while he's in clothes when, when he's when he's on duty which he still posts videos which yeah. I I think that is dumb because you know mm-hmm. to a lot of young black males who live mm-hmm. in inner cities and mm-hmm. urban areas mm-hmm. where Mm-hmm. The only time they've ever interacted with a cop has been a really bad situation. Exactly. A lot of people don't know that cops like Tommy actually exist. Exactly. And, and that's why I would love to have him on to kind of... It's important know, for not just, mm-hmm. you know, black youth or people of color or, you know, mm-hmm. people in general to see him. Mm-hmm. But it's important for other police officers to see how he interacts with the public, yep. you know. Community policing, like yep. community policing, like mm-hmm. community-oriented mm-hmm. policing, is like mm-hmm. an actual theory behind policing. Like if you right. immerse uh-huh. yourself within a community, if you let them know who you are, then therefore you build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if something does happen, they're not going to be afraid to talk to you. Not going to just assume, know? well, thug or this or that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does a good job at that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he does really good, really good, really good. So man, what's what's in the near future for you? Uh, uh, what's on the horizon? Can I talk about? And right career now, career ventures, business ventures, or? career, business ventures. Right now, I'm a manager at Natural Grocers. So hopefully, okay. in the next three to four months, I'll be the store manager. Oh, nice! And so that's really like what I'm focusing on right now, as far as that. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then the other thing that I'm focusing on is my daughter, of course. You know, she just yeah. turned one years old. Yes. And just kind of going back to, you know, daycares and making mm-hmm. sure that she's in a very safe environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I want her to have the best in life. You know, everything uh-huh. from the finest organic apples that she's eating right now <laughs> to, you know, the best, yeah. you know, daycare, the best yeah. educational experience. Yeah. And so right now, my business that I created, which is called America Holding okay. LLC. Okay. I named it after my daughter. Oh, and so nice. It's nice. really just a, okay. a, it's a real estate venture. Buying okay. vacant lands, uh, mm-hmm. buying raw land, and turning around selling it for a profit. <laughs> uh, buying multifamily houses, buying single family homes, condos, condominiums, apartments like that. Oh, nice. And okay. so in October, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting my realtor license. I'm going to go to realtor school. And so hopefully by like November, December, I'll have my license. And so I really want to do that for a a couple of years. And then I want to go back and get my mortgage broker license. So that way Mm -hmm. I can actually own or Mm -hmm. run my own real estate business. Nice. Because as a a broker, I can Mm -hmm. hire other real estate agents under me. And so as an agent, I have to go work for a broker or go work for like a realtor firm Mm -hmm. for two or three years. And Mm -hmm. then I could take that other test. It, it, it's funny. Everybody I talk to now, like real estate, is like the new 
side hustle or job venture for a lot of people. I know so many people now in real estate. Dude, I mean, the thing is, is that, and so what I really want to do is, you know, the end goal is to create mm -hmm. or is to teach young people of color uh -huh. the value of ownership. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to teach them young about credit, teach them young about financing, teach them young about investing, teach them young about real estate. Mm -hmm. Because you're always going to need a place to stay. Yeah. And the way I look at it as, this, these apartments here, these are nice apartments. Townhouse, yeah. So I'm going to say that there's, mm -hmm. let's just say that there's, you know, 300 units here. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that, I know this isn't true, mm -hmm. but let's say the rent is $500 a month for everybody. Now, right. I'm sure you're paying more than that, right? Right, right. It's a little yeah, bit so, more. So yeah, you're yeah. paying more than mm -hmm. 500 But let's mm -hmm. just say the medium is mm -hmm. 500 a month from 300 units. Let's just do a little math right okay. here. Okay, okay. And so, mm -hmm. at... Five hundred dollars a month uh -huh. <laughs> for three hundred units. Uh -huh. That's five hundred times that's sixty. That's a hundred and fifty thousand no, dollars. Okay, a month. Math was way off. A, a, a I'm good month. At math. Yeah. You uh -huh. know, and I'm sure that whoever owns this, usually when it comes to apartments, it's not just like a single individual. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is, but most times, you know, people who have ownership in apartments like these mm -hmm. it's usually done in what's called an reit like a real estate investment trust okay and that's where you know you might have this might be in that trust fund mm -hmm. you might have a hundred town homes or a hundred single family homes that might be in a trust fund yeah you might have 30 apartments that might be in a trust fund and out of that and that trust might receive let's just say 50 million dollars a year and let's just say there's 10 people or there's five people in there so each year every person will be receiving like 10 million dollars mm -hmm. you know yeah and so my focus is on building generational wealth i want to create an, a lifestyle for my daughter that you know i only see on instagram i want to create a lifestyle for her that is you know just diametrically opposed to the one that i had when i was a kid yeah i want to give her everything because that's what they're everything as a parent you want to give them more or you know than I want to get had probably I want to give her everything that she needs and uh -huh. then I want to give her everything that she wants mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if she's like hey daddy I, I want that Mercedes I'm like okay <laughs> okay it's just money I, I got it I made it so yeah let's go spend it because I don't know I just I heard no as a kid too many times from like yeah from simple things like hey I need five dollars for a field trip and that's that was five dollars five dollars I mean, yeah you know and I don't want her to to have to want want or even stuff. or stress over that stress or like because yeah. I mean just not having as a parent not having five dollars mm. like I know that parents struggle but I but feel like we gotta we gotta do it we have to do it like my generation we have to do it smarter than the way our parents we did. have to do it way smarter yeah yeah definitely we have to create that outlet which you know there, there comes those now with like, like like I was saying before side hustles you know and other stuff um, you know whatever they need because and if you're a single parent it's really hard you know unless unless you have that outside help from a grandma or or you know from you know, whoever which is good I mean nothing wrong with that <laughs> and it's hard but you know I guess I'm always under the impression that regardless of what situation you're in regardless mm -hmm. of how bad you think it is there is a solution to your problem. Away. Now, yeah. it might be hard. Mm -hmm. It might be hard to see. But if you are able to stay focused mm -hmm. and if you are able to, like, you know, write out a plan, like a framework for getting yourself out of this current situation and also understanding that it's not going to 
it's not going to, you know, take you a month to get out. It right. might even take a couple of years. Yeah. It might take five years, but as long as you're progressing, mm-hmm. as long as you're, you know, inching forward to that goal, mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about it. So, again, like yeah. right now, my my motivation and current venture is creating the best life for my daughter and creating the best life for like my daughter's children mm-hmm. you know i'm here to make the jones name a family legacy like mm-hmm. i want people to know yeah. who the fuck jones is are right. to be honest with you i mm-hmm. want my daughter to be able to drive down the street and mm-hmm. see her name on buildings yeah honestly that and that's you know probably ego driven on my part but so so what yeah so what <laughs> you know because many people have care. always have done that you know <laughs> you know but definitely man so you uh man kind of winding up here you want to plug anything uh i know you said you're at natural grocers uh <laughs> man but uh I- anything you want to put out there yeah i mean if you're looking for a house property whether it be a single family town home an apartment you know mm-hmm. or you looking to build and you're just like looking for land hit me up instagram okay. yeah can you tell um, them how they can get a hold of you uh, <laughs> on instagram <laughs> uh, you can find me under amara's um what is my Instagram handle? <laughs> what the? Probably looked um, up. <laughs> and how is it spelled, I guess? Because some people yeah, are like, oh, may, may spell it differently. Uh, may not can locate you. Or they can hit me up and I can give them the address. But yeah, if you have the actual. Yeah. Uh, Amiris Babalewa. That's A-M-E-R-A-S-B-A-B-A-L-A-W-O. That's okay. on Instagram. Okay. Or my Gmail account, Aaron L Jones Jr. That's A A R O N L J O N E S J R at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on, man. Glad you put your input. We, we definitely touched on, uh, you know, a healthy lifestyle, nutrition, yoga, and then uh, activism and whatnot. And then, of course, your business ventures. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for being on. I appreciate, appreciate it, you. man. All right. Yeah, definitely. Well, another one wrapped up in the books, uh, some educational and inspirational words from uh, one Aaron LeVon Jones Jr. Uh, we take a lot from this one. Um, very driven uh, person. Uh, definitely wants to uh, provide for his daughter, which I think we all want the best for our children in that aspect. So if you're a parent, you definitely know where he's coming from. And if you know if it's if it's if it's your first go round as a parent, you definitely can take something from this and, and definitely learn from it. So uh, yeah, it was a good one. Very excited. Uh, definitely glad to catch up with him. It's been a while, so I'm sure we'll be kicking it in the future. Hopefully next Monday. Uh, so yeah. But anyway, this is Ryan White signing off for the Ryan Express podcast. Please tune in next week and definitely check out this episode. And uh, definitely check Aaron out. You saw his plug-ins. Uh, he's about to be getting into some real estate and things of that sort. So uh, definitely want to wish him uh, good luck in his future endeavors with that. So it's going to be awesome. But for now, this is me signing off. Peace.